What is the purpose of trials? Why do they happen in the first place? Can they be part of God's plan? Welcome to part two of Thrive in Trials, a message by Dr. Ray Pritchard here on 10 Minutes in the Field. Johnny Erickson said, and I quote, Nothing is a surprise to God. Nothing is a setback to his plans. Nothing can thrust his purposes and nothing is beyond his control. End of quote. Trials are difficult to deal with and trials raise lots and lots of questions. Is God still good when he allows suffering? Is God really good all the time? Johnny Erickson also said, open quotes, real satisfaction comes not in understanding God's motives, but in understanding his character, in trusting in his promises, and in leaning on him and resting in him as the sovereign who knows what he is doing and does all things well. Well, in this podcast, Ray will take some time answering questions on trials. This is part two of Thrive in Trials. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Ray. Most of the time, when heartbreaking circumstances come, we're not really going to know why. Here's the one thing we can know. We can know that God is at work in our trials for our benefit and for his glory, which is to say nothing more than what Romans 8.28 says, that all things work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So you guys know, I'm sure, that uh, antiphonal chant that goes, God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. We say that here in the States. You probably say that in your church sometimes. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Uh, I had a friend who wrote me, and he said, yeah, we say that in our church, but we add something. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. And then the whole congregation says together, I am a witness. I really like that. I am a witness. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. I am am a witness. So I heard about another church that, and that they did it another way. God is good all the time in every situation, no matter what. Oh, I really like that. God is good all the time in every situation, no matter what. So let's just put that together and add, I'm a witness at the end. God is good all the time in every situation, no matter what. I am a witness. Okay, wherever you are right now, hold up your hand. Let's do that together. God is good all the time. In every situation, no matter what, I am a witness. One more time. God is good all the time. In every situation, no matter what, I am a witness. So, time for me to wrap up. How are we going to end this? When hard times come, remember two little words. Pray and stay. Pray and stay. Pray and stay. Don't run. Don't shake your fist at God. Don't start arguing with the Almighty. Don't try to bargain your way out of trouble. It doesn't work, and you don't have anything to bargain with anyway. Give God time to work. Pray and stay. Pray and stay. Or said another way, be a student, not a victim. The Christian way is not an easy way. Many trials are going to come to all of us 
in our spiritual journey. There is an abundant, but that abundant life is through our trials, not in spite of our trials. We don't have any choice most of the time about what happens to us. We can choose how we respond. So let me give you this real practical word of advice about where we are in the situation we're in right now. Don't waste your quarantine. Don't waste it. Don't waste your lockdown. Don't waste your shelter at home. Don't waste this strange time that none of us expected and none of us wanted. Don't waste your quarantine. Use it as a time for spiritual growth. Final word, our trials are not sent to make us fall. They're sent to help us soar, not to defeat us, but to be the means to a greater spiritual victory, not to make us weaker, but to make us stronger, not to hurt us, but to help us. Therefore, we should not complain. We should rejoice because every hard trial is another step on the stairway to heaven. Let's pray. Father, we're glad you know because so much of the time we don't know. We thank you for your word, which is so clear. We thank you for the promise that you are taking us through these things, not for no reason, but for a great and godly purpose. So Lord, teach us to look at the hard trials of life from your point of view. Teach us, Lord, to count it all joy. Teach us to have deep satisfaction, even when things seem to be out of control, because we know everything is under your control. Help us to stay and pray, to cooperate with you, so that in the end, we will have everything we need so that we will grow and be complete and mature and entire. We'll be able to say to the world, this is the difference Jesus makes. So may this passage come true in our life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Ray. Um, thank you so much for that encouragement. You know, pray and stay. That's a nice way of summarizing everything. Pray and stay. And of course, being joyful in the midst of it all. Hey, Ray, we do have a number of questions here, and I hope you don't mind. Is it okay if you can spend no, a sure. few moments? Sure. Okay. Glad to. All right. Uh, I think one of the questions that has kept on coming through is uh, one that has to do with the feelings. And I think the gist of most of them is how does one differentiate between their feelings and God speaking to them? And then I think adding on to that is, is it possible not to have feelings anyway? How would you respond to that? Well, the first question I think is easier to answer than the last one. I, the point I think we all understand is that when hard times come, it's natural to slip into that victim mode. It's natural to give in to discouragement and depression. And frankly, it's natural to get angry at the Lord, because no, no matter how many times people say to us that it's all of grace, there is something in all of us to think, look, if I go to church, if I read my Bible, if I pray, if, if I have a quiet time, if I share my faith, if I do my part, God's going to do his part. He's going to take care of me. and Bad things won't happen to me. Now, on, on one level, David, we all know that's not true, but it's very human. I, and can I say, sometimes I feel that way myself. Lord, I've been playing by the rules. 
How could you let this happen? And sometimes I find, I, I feel that way more. Um, just a side note, I, sometimes I tend to think that way more if it happens to my wife or to my kids or to my grandkids. Somehow, if it happens to me personally, I can go, okay, Lord, I, I guess I really needed this. But it's really hard to see someone you love going through a hard time. So what are we going to do about our feelings? Number one, we don't need to deny them. It's okay. This is our feelings and our emotions. They're real. We shouldn't suppress them or deny them. Okay, that's one. Number two, let's remember that our feelings, as honest and real as they are, are not always a reliable guide to the truth. And I will say this, David, that um, the more you isolate yourself in the time of trouble, the easier it is for your emotions to lead you to a wrong conclusion. And there is something about going through hard times that does make us isolate ourselves. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to share. Let me say this. If you pull away from your brothers and sisters in Christ, you're putting yourself in enormous spiritual danger. Because if it's just you and your emotions, the devil's going to be whispering in your ear. He's going to be telling you didn't deserve this. God doesn't love you. Uh, you really made a mistake. So I found, I found the people who are able to be the strongest in the time of trouble are those who don't withdraw from the body of Christ. But it just, just really helps to have a good friend or a couple of good friends in the hard time to say, I am going through this. I need you to listen to what I'm, listen to me and tell me if I'm thinking right or thinking wrong. And if you've got truly good friends, they'll listen to you and they'll give you some guidance. The other thing is, um, this is another whole sermon. In fact, David, I'm going to get into this a little bit tomorrow in, in, in tomorrow night's message, but we got to get the word of God into us. We got to get it on the inside of us. And it is too late to do that when the hard, listen, when <laughs> it's a, listen, it's a little bit late to start memorizing scripture when suddenly you wake up and find yourself in the fiery furnace, right? It's a, it's a little bit late. You need to get the word of God into your heart now so that when that trial comes, James How do you keep your head up in ministry during a time like this where almost the entire globe has been affected by COVID-19? How do you keep going with a clear vision? Well, we want to involve you in our ministry in Rwanda. On 29th of this month of August, I'll be sharing a live ministry update and vision of the Ministry of Word of Life in Rwanda. There's a link in the description uh, for you to join this event. Uh, please book your spot right now. Uh, I'll be taking questions live during this webinar, and uh, I hope to see you then. I hope to see you then as we chat a way forward to the ministry in Rwanda amidst difficult times uh, like this. Well, right now, let's get back to Rep. Richard as he shares from God's Word. You need to get the word of God into your heart now so that when that trial comes, because James 1 clearly indicates a lot of stuff just happens we didn't expect. You, you, you got to get it into your heart now, into your heart, so that you'll have it in the time of trouble. So that word of God on the inside will keep you from coming to some wrong conclusions, leading you in wrong directions. So that would be my answer, and, and really the, the second question is what about the, the, what if you don't have feelings? Well, 
it is possible certainly to to go through a hard time and just be emotionally flat but still everything i said i think applies you need good friends and you need the word of god if you've got good friends and you've got the word of god you're going to be in pretty good shape don't let, let me just end we'll go to the next question david don't withdraw from the body of christ the body of christ is a gift to you you need your brothers and sisters more in hard times not less and it's kind of what we are we are enjoying right now you know enjoying the fellowship of other believers and being encouraged in the word here's another question for you ray um and and you talked about endurance you know being fully developed into endurance and the question someone is asking here is is there a point where you can say now i have fully developed in my endurance is that even possible um and, and and i think someone is asking this because maybe they're tired of being taken through this school but is that time where we can say now i have i have arrived i've graduated in as far as endurance is concerned so it's time to move on so oh <laughs> listen we all feel that way lord i believe i got this lesson could we move on now <laughs> lord i think i think i got this could we just turn down the temperature and get me out of the the time of trial. It's perfectly normal to feel that way. But listen, we all know the answer, don't we? No. You never get to the place where you are fully developed. I mean, that's like saying, can you ever get to the place where you have all the faith you need? No. Can you ever get to the place where you have all the love you need? No. That, that's why the Bible, uh, you know, Second Peter chapter 1, add to this, add to this, this quality and this quality. We never get to the place, this side of heaven. Um, some years ago, give a little background story here. Some years ago, I was watching one of uh, those preachers on TV who, uh, who's, I, I suppose I was watching just for, just for fun a little bit, a preacher on TV whose views I don't really share on a whole lot of things. But every, you know, who knows, every once in a while somebody will say something. This guy was going on about this and that. I didn't really follow everything he was saying. But then he just turned and looked at the camera and he just said something. Yeah, I've never forgotten it. Never forgotten. He looked at the camera and said, God will never bring you to the place where you no longer need him. Ding, 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 ding. That's huge. That's a huge truth. God will never bring you to the place where you no longer need him. Let, let me say it to this way. We all secretly now what i'm going to say we would not say in church okay but we all think this lord i am really tired i am really tired of of having to go through all this stuff i'd be real happy lord if you could bring me to the place where i wasn't desperate all the time let me tell you something friends if you ever get to the place where all your doubts are gone if you ever get to the place where all your questions are answered, if you ever get to the place where all your trials have come to an end, sit back and relax. You've just shown up in heaven because this side of heaven, this side of heaven, we're going to have doubts. We're going to have worries. We're going to have fears. Look, what did, what, what did John Newton say? Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. His grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace 
will lead me home. So no, no, it is part of God's plan. Um, there's, there's good news and bad news here. The bad news is God's never going to bring to you that you're not desperate. And the good news is desperation is good for the soul. Anything that drives us to our knees is good for the soul. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's, but I'm saying it is part of our necessary spiritual progress. Okay. So one last one for you, Ray. Um, and this is interesting. You know, at the beginning of your message, you talked about, you know, a command that you're being commanded to be joyful. And the question here is, is it therefore sinful for me to find trials difficult and not to be joyful? No, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not a sin to find, to find trials are trying, right? It's not a sin to find that difficulties are difficult. That's why we call them difficulties. It's not, it's not, you know, okay, read the book of Psalms. Lord, we are groaning. Lord, the darkness is falling. My wife and I just finished Psalms. You know, the, the, the emotion that David poured, Lord, I'm, you know, Lord, I'm looking for you. Lord, where are you? I can't find you. Evil men have surrounded me. I mean, David pours out the deepest emotions of his heart. It's natural and normal that we should struggle under the difficulties of life. So it's really important. And maybe I passed over this too quickly. It's really important to get the right definition of joy. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is a Super Bowl party, okay? Happiness is let's get together and have pizza. Happiness is let's go hang out together. Happiness is fun. Happiness is good. Nothing wrong with it. But happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is not. My definition of joy is it is deep satisfaction that comes when your circumstances seem out of control because you know that God is in control. If we take that definition, we can, we can go through hard times. We can, we can pour out our soul to the Lord and still be deeply satisfied because we know that God knows what he is doing. Thank you very much, Ray. And, um, <clears throat> you know, just great encouragement there. And I hope someone out there has just been encouraged uh, to know that you are in school right now and we need to pray and stay. You know what, Ray, I, I know there's so many other questions coming in. Some of these will have you uh, answer them tomorrow. But here's one from me. The last time I counted, I think you, and you can correct me, the, the last time I counted, you've written about 29 to 30 books. Um, and I'm that type of individual that loves to read a book for me to be able, I mean, apart from just listening to a message, I'm the type that likes to read a book. And I'm sure there's a number of people um, back there or out there who say, you know what, I, I would like to get a book to encourage me during this time. I think one of your books is, why did this happen to me? Is there any other book uh, that you can, you know, encourage someone to read at this particular you mean moment of that the book? David, do you mean of the books that I have written? Yes, the books that you have written. Okay, good. Certainly, why did this happen to me? Get that book. And uh, let me tell you, if you get that book, there'll be certain places 
where Pastor Ray got that because uh, a lot of what I talked about today is expanded in the book. There's another book I wrote and just revised one year ago. It's called Keep Believing. Keep Believing, Finding God in Your Deepest Struggles. Our ministry is called Keep Believing Ministries. I wrote the first edition 20 years ago. Last year, when I was laid up after a bicycle accident and had three surgeries and broke three bones in my left ankle and dislocated my ankle, I was laid up for three months. God used that downtime to teach me a lot of things I didn't know before. I wrote the revised version of Keep Believing. It came out of that time, um, that time basically most of it, three months spent in bed or in the recliner. So it's the new revised version of Keep Believing. And that's available from Amazon, or you can come to our Keep Believing website, order it that way. <music>